I bought a house, it's a two-bedroom house, but I think it's up to me how many bedrooms there are. Don't you? <laughs> you, real estate lady. This bedroom has an oven in it. This bedroom has a lot of people sitting around watching TV. This bedroom's over in that guy's house. <laughs> Sir, you got one of my bedrooms. Are you aware? Don't decorate it. What the hell is that? Stone on air, coming up. Completely unsanctioned by the church. Stone on air. Whatever, let's just do this. Stone on air. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Give human beings opportunity, and you'll be absolutely shocked with what people do with it. Stone on air, coming up. Stone on air. All right, welcome in, everybody. How in the hell are you on, what is today? December 20th, 2023, the final Stone on Air podcast for the year 2023. That open will make more sense here in a little while. The entire show will sound different than normal. If you're here regularly, I already told you about that. This will be the final time you hear this open that I've used for many years now. I might explain a little bit of that here in a minute. We'll see. Let's get things started in a matter of seconds. Yeah, so the the big change today is, uh, my name is Brian, it's the Stone On Air podcast, it's available every Wednesday in the city of Chattanooga, the midweek download destination for thousands in the city and surrounding area. If you're new here, glad to have you. Um, I had intentions on a longer open with a few more things to get to, but the oddest damn thing happened today. Uh, Monday, I'm fine, I'm hanging out, I'm recording, I'm doing a bunch of stuff, I feel wonderful. I wake up today, I'm sick as a dog. All right, and I leave for Mexico, Cancun. Yes, this is way out of character, very different thing that me and my family are doing, so I'm excited about it. But we leave in about four days, and I could barely drag my ass out of bed. It's 10.30 on record night, and I could barely drag my ass out of bed uh, after I've been laying there since about 4.30 or 5 o'clock today. So uh, not going to do any of this stuff. I'm just going to wish you a happy new year, a um, happy holidays, and the show will return on January 10th, and I will give a, a long segment spelling out some things that are changing into the new year. But the weekly Wednesday show, basically, for all intents, is not going to change. But there will be additional uh, content out there, and I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be fun. You might not care at all. You might love it. I don't know. That's what makes the world go round. Joining me today is Lee Brock. He, uh, I got a hold of him a couple of, well, in the last 24 hours. And I said, hey, you want uh, socials, phone numbers, websites? You want me to tack on to the front and end of this conversation? He's like, nah, they can just Google me. <laughs> I was like, all right, fine. If it's good enough for you, it's good enough for me. For the next 70 minutes... We'll talk the explosion of real estate agents out there, especially in your social media feed. Interest rates, how appreciable is this market now and going forward? Lee's guy, Alex McVeigh, running for circuit court judge and a brand new bar coming to downtown in February of 2024. Joining me today, it's kind of like a pilot, like a pilot episode, if you will. I don't normally have people in my home, Lee. But thank you for being here, Lee Brock. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing just fine. So the other day, a friend of, uh, I guess is a friend of ours, Gene Ingram, sent me a message via Facebook. Do you recognize that name at all? I do not. 
He, what did he say? Damn it! He told me what his nickname was through the league, the Vintage Baseball League. Something <laughs> oh, yeah. Willie, something Big yeah. Willie, yeah. or something. Okay, yeah, Gene. The eight, okay. the eighteen sixty four Vintage Baseball League. Oh, that I, yeah. I see him posting all the time, and uh, you were trying to get me to do that a few years ago. Ended up being uh, Zach and I doing that. That didn't look like fun. Oh, it's a great time play out there in north georgia at the old uh civil war uh i guess I don't, I don't even know what you'd call that neighborhood but yeah that's a good old time uh wear some uh cotton pants and cotton shirt and, and you throw the ba- ball around with no gloves no glove well that's the reason i didn't want to do it i didn't want i don't want to play baseball without gloves was this throw the baseball at the guy to get him out Two? No, 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 no. Because that uh, was once upon a time part of the rules that long ago. No pegging, just no gloves. For people who don't know, baseball, you didn't used to use gloves, and you would throw the ball at the guy to get him out. But you didn't do that. We didn't do that, no. But that, we, did, we did have nicknames, though. I was Stovepipe. Stovepipe. Old Stovepipe uh, Brock over there. There you go. Throws the ball over to the first base. And I love playing ball. We played all kinds of Sandlot games over the years, and I love playing ball. But when I heard there was no gloves and you got to wear, like, the big flannel stuff, and then I thought you threw the ball at the people. I was like, I don't want people throwing baseballs at me, but I guess I missed that part. No, it's hot hot as the dickens out there, too. (laughs) I bet, man. It's in the middle of the damn summertime. Well, anyway, he wanted me to say hello to you. Yeah. And... Fun fact for anybody who cares, do you know the name Abner Doubleday? Old name of the guy who invented baseball. Okay. That's what they say anyway. He didn't invent baseball for anybody who cares. Spalding, you know that name. I know that name. Al Spalding was a was a player in the late 1800s who was making like a penny a day or whatever they got paid and realized he could make a hell of a lot more money if he created equipment and gloves and bats and eventually helmets and all these other things and then went on to the Spalding Empire. And so when people say who invented baseball, it really was Al Spalding for all intents. It was not Abner Doubleday. And basketball? Well, he, he did basketball equipment. Oh, okay. Did basketball equipment, football equipment, all that stuff. Anyway, that's all we, need, all we need is that one good idea, Brian. I know, like a glove to play baseball in 1893 and, and make a, 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 a billion-dollar idea. But so we're here uh, to chat for just, I mean, it's microphones, drinks, and uh, my house. Welcome to the, to the house. I normally say, if you want to come on over, I'm joking. Don't come over. You're not invited. But thanks for stopping by. It feels good to be here. Get to look at the uh, wall of fame over here while I'm sitting. <laughs> Wall of hooligans and, and numb nuts that just happened to uh, take a picture with me. Uh, so tell me, I know your whole family's history and your life. We've known each other forever. Um, you've worked in the realty and construction development industry now for, give me the, the years on that. Yeah, I'd say uh, I started um, as a licensed contractor project manager for my stepdad's construction company, Dexter White Construction. I did that for probably six to seven years, and then the last two to three years, I was transitioning into full-time real estate. And most people who look at any of the trades 
or pay attention to a billboard occasionally or have been around for a long time are familiar with your mom's name. I mean, uh. it's almost impossible not to be, if you're paying attention to commerce in the city of Chattanooga and Linda Brock. I may be a little biased, but I, I, I think she's the best. <laughs> I think she's the best, too. Yeah. And um, we'll, we'll circle back around to that. Um, what got this whole thing started was a month and a half ago, maybe, in, in November or so, I, uh, I do this podcast every week, the Stone on Air podcast, which is not this, what you're listening to today. I, I don't know what it's called yet. Again, it's the, it's the first one of uh, an extension, a compliment, complimentary piece. Uh, I spend the week, I look for just random things to talk about, and then I commentary on them for an hour, and then boom. And then one of the ones I wanted to do, but I ran out of time, was my let's make fun of realtors bit, if you will. I don't do bits. I'm not a co- funny, ha-ha, comedian guy. But I like to think every now and again things come across as humorous that's sometimes the goal and these damn realtors man (laughs) and the new age of well let's go back two years zero percent financing or damn near close to it like what should be possibly an outlawed low level of of borrowing money as we're all kind of seeing the the effects of that and All of a sudden, the new realtor family that I have in my life, they're all over the place. Oh, my God, I didn't know I knew so many real estate agents. Isn't this amazing? And Facebook is their place to tell you all about it. The the reality of it is uh, it's, it's not too difficult to get a real estate license. No, it's not. It's not too difficult to get a beer license and sell beer in a bar either. Yep. Doesn't mean you should do it. No. And so I, my, my jumping off point for the bit, for the segment that I was going to do the next week, which you actually said, hold on, I want to do this with you. And that, that was you know, about a month ago. So I was, and, you know, I even had one guy get a hold of me and say, man, what? I was waiting on your realty bit, man. What happened? Why didn't you do it? It's like, well, I kind of sold out. I told I'd put a pin in it. Um, this is kind of a two, 1A and 1B of the annoyance of this situation is, First of all, Facebook, social media is annoying, but it's very powerful and a very good tool for communications, for business. We all, I think we all agree with that. And it's just part of our lives now. This is just the way we live. And that's fine. I'm totally cool with that. But there's, so there's A, there's the copy and paste movement. People who just, oh, uh, whatever it is, the Holy Spirit and Jesus and the presence and the, the, the children or Whatever the big thing they want to get across is, whatever it is, good, bad, terrible, horrible, wonderful, the copy and paste stuff. Copy and paste, if you agree. Don't, you know, I, I want to hit the wall every time I see this. It's just creativeless. It's uninspiring. It's uniqueless. Anybody who has a couple of rocks tumbling around in their head can do it. I hate it. Well, this certain time frame, there was a bunch of realtors that we're using this copy paste, which I have here and printed off. And it's like 10 pages of this. And it's basically, woe is us. Why do people so down on, on our jobs? It's not that easy. And it's 190 things that a realtor has to do. I don't know, daily basis, weekly, whatever. And it starts off with the average full-time realtor's earnings last year 
was at 73.7 for a 40-hour work week, which to me sounds like a pretty damn good living. Now we're talking average. So that's not that indicative of any necessarily person you know, but that's a pretty damn good starting average. Uh, as a realtor, they do we do not get paid, uh, or we do not get paid an hourly wage or a salary, and only get paid if we sell a home and it closes. And then it goes on and on, talk that kind of like, this is really difficult. Give us a break for how hard this is. But we love what we do, and we do such great things for so many people, right? That's That's where I was just like, gag me. All right, so here's just some of the list of the 180 things that are so difficult about their daily jobs. Uh, the, and first of all, let me, let me just, before I do that, would you consider in many cases being a realtor, selling real estate as an entrepreneurial type of venture? Uh, yeah, I definitely would. Well, I would say very much so. Yeah. Because you, you kind of get to work in your own, at your own pace, in your own environment. Right. I guess. Yeah. And you, uh, you have to generate your own business, um, which is probably why you see so much of those copy and paste movements. Well, they're not happening. generating any business, probably, and if and and regardless of the reason. But so when I the reason I ask that is because it starts off with the um, well, we don't work forty hours a week. We don't, listen. It's the Mark Cuban quote that I always love. That I would I don't I don't have entre- entrepreneurial spirit. I just really don't. And that's okay. Nothing wrong with that. The um, the entrepreneur that would work eighty hours a week so they don't have to work forty, like that's part of this whole process. If you're going to get into something that has an entrepreneurial aspect to it, yeah, you're how many hours you worked. I'm not exactly concerned with that, right? Like I don't really care how much you worked. That whole how much you make an hour. I don't know. How many hours did you work? I don't know. All of them. Mm-hmm. How many hours were there? I worked them all. <laughs> You know, that's kind of where I come from because I'm constantly feel like I'm working all the time. And and I think anybody who's got a family, who has a regular job, you're always working. Time is money. Money is time. All those kinds of things. So it, this story's falling on deaf ears. Well, we work a lot of hours. Well, we all work a lot of hours. Well, I, I think probably one of the biggest challenges for realtors are you're working when other people aren't working. And so you're working a lot of hours, um, evenings, weekends, and you're you're effectively always on call because at any things it says here, yeah, you any moment's notice, you might ten o'clock at night, eleven thirty at night, whatever, you might get a text saying, you know, oh my gosh, what what do I do about this? And someone's having a panic attack, and you got to kind of alleviate that. So. A, a potential buyer you're talking buyer, about. Some or part, seller if you're Some part of the transaction that they're worried about. Well, it starts off with, and, and I'm not trying to discount the worries of, yeah. of, of your job. We all, all jobs have, have concerns. And so I'm not trying to discount that. Or maybe I am. I don't know. But it says, so it starts off here. Just here's some things, you know, EO business insurance, you know, Advertising fees, website fees, yard signs, photographers, videographers, showing partners, okay, office supplies, business cards, gas, legal fees. Stop me when you've told me about any other, that's something that's different than any other industry. 
That's just the cost of doing business. It's the cost of doing business, especially yep. in an entrep- entrepreneurial uh, fashion. Yes, I don't have to do a lot of those things. I don't own my own business. But I'm told it's such a great way to do things, and maybe it is. And I, I find it laughable that it turns into a, oh, my God, look at this list. Yeah, this is a hundred. That doesn't even start the hundred and ninety things they have to do. <laughs> so this is from the selling selling agents. Um, just just some random things that I uh, highlighted: prepare listings for presentation, research sellers, research com- uh, comparable sold properties, determine average day on market, gather info, meet with sellers at their home. Then number seven, get to know their home. Was that not all just kind of like get to know their home? Get like all, could that not have just been one? It sounds like part of the job description for me. Um, well, it, it. I mean, that they're not. I. I don't think they're saying this in the sense that we don't believe them. It's. I just. Yeah, I'm not trying to make a big joke of it now. I'm just telling you where I was. Where I was running with it. Uh, continues down this really difficult stuff. Verify interior room sizes. Oh my god. Break out a tape measure. Holy shit, that must be difficult. Uh, down to 31. Verify homeowners association fees. Obtain a copy of OHA bylaws. I bet that was difficult to bang out an email to ask for the bylaws of the OAH, right? Or the HAA or the whatever the hell it's called. Uh, schedule house cleaning. I just, uh, just, I'll go quickly. Down to number 68. Deliver copies to the seller. Keep track of copies for office file. <laughs> Number 69. Oh, you had to put it in a filing cabinet at the office? You you get where I'm going here. I get it. Um, Just a few more and I'll stop here. But uh, remind sellers to transfer their utilities. That's an important one right there. Yeah. If your buyers are having trouble understanding that they must move their utilities to their new home, Maybe reconsider whether you'd, buying you'd a home. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. Jesus. And then it just, there's a hundred now. I'm only halfway through 180 more. Explain school districts effects on home values. Dear, I'm not sure if the schools nearby are going to affect the home. Really? Come on. Learn, uh, learn all buyers goals and make a plan. Keep records of all showings. Obtain a copy of seller's disclosure. Keep a track of keep. And there's an, there's another one at 65 or 265 or whatever one it is. Keep track of copies for office file. <laughs> oh my God. You so, finally, I realized that's not a sound bite. That's actually you <laughs> wadding up papers. I like printing off and, uh, and, and wadding up stuff. The cats have a great time with it. It's so consistent, though. I thought it was definitely a sound bite. Uh, no, 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 no. It's not. That's the real thing, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, just the last couple. Perform final walkthrough. Give keys and accessories to buyers. On the list of things that are difficult for them to do is or give the keys to the seller or to the buyers or whatever. You'd be blown away by how many people don't have keys to their own homes. And then the final, if you're a realtor, please feel free to copy and paste and continue to share this information. And my dummy, 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 dummy friends who think they're realtors, boy, they couldn't copy and paste it fast enough. Just so annoying. Respond, Lee Brock, from a family of selling, building homes, development, and selling them. Respond to me laughing at these idiots copying and pasting this nonsense. Well, uh, you know, a lot of those things you had mentioned, um, there are easy programs we have access to that can readily give you those statistics or the part of just putting all that together for sure. I mean, it's it's not 
highly complicated. There are so many nuances to being under contract in the course of a transaction, but it's all part of a job. Am I being too much of an asshole about it in the sense of like when I, I only have one skill in life and that was the broadcast industry. I mean, I can do other things adequately, but I only have one skill and, and you know, that I've worked on my whole life. And when I see people do it poorly, it irritates the hell out of me. When I see people who do it half-assed or if I feel like they're wasting valuable opportunities, I take it personally. I don't get loud about it, but I, 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 in, inner, my inner self takes it a little personally because I know what it takes to do that. Do you, do you feel that at all if you see that? Because surely you're, you're seeing people you know that are not actually even have any business being in this field, being in this field, right? Yeah, well, you know, I mean, it's just like any profession. You have good ones and you have bad ones. I mean, it, you could be a physician. There's some good physicians. There's some bad physicians, bad attorneys, good attorneys. So it's just part of, part of the job description. So Well, I mean, I always say get a good you know, lawyer, get a good doctor, Know a good cop, get a good judge. That's a good one. Know a good judge, yep. which we'll talk about that here before we get out of here. And maybe know a good realtor as well. <laughs> there you because, go. Because, I mean, I'm just telling you, some of the yahoos that I see out there, it's just easy to laugh at. And and the way, I mean, yeah, you're doing something to help somebody, but really, aren't, aren't you just selling a product? I mean, aren't you just selling a product that's a little bit bigger than an average purchase? Well, I think to that, I would fundamentally disagree. Because when it comes to the transaction of a home purchase, you have so many emotions tied to it. So, you know, I, I do a little bit of commercial um, real estate as well, and not near the hand-holding or um, the emotions tied to those transactions. Well, because they're those are more business transactions. Yeah. They're so, yeah. they're soulless in the sense that they're not soulless to the project, but they're soulless to like your your emotion to just making a business transaction as opposed to buying a home, like make a house a home. Right? It, they work within the confines of a normal working week too. You know, eight to five. Uh, or you're not going to get calls in the evenings. You're not going to generally show commercial property in the on the weekends. So, yeah, it has a whole different emotion to it, or, for, or lack thereof. Just for the fun of it, uh, Lee typed this up for me. Now, a word from our sponsors. <laughs> now, I know this may come as a surprise, but I love realtors. They make the world go round in property transactions. The straw that stirs the drink. Do you have to have the straw? No, not technically. But technically, you could drive a car with your feet, too, if you wanted to. But that doesn't make it a good idea. For an expert, call Lee Brock for all your real estate needs. Amen. <laughs> got, a phone, got a phone number you want to throw in there? Everybody's reaching to grab their phone and give you a call. Um, what about, uh, uh, interest rates, the decline in purchasing and selling subsequent to that? What are your thoughts currently as far as well, uh, where, where, we, where we stand right now? You know, where we were 
like two 2020, um, late 2020 into early 2021. It was just bananas. It was I mean, ridiculous. Yeah, like where you said you saw so many new realtors. I mean, it was very easy. And we're getting back to a place where it was prior to that. But it's it's slowed down, to answer your question, um, from the higher interest rates, which was probably a very good thing. Because, I mean, it was I just think so. the, the appreciation. I, I want to say it was probably 30% appreciation from late 2020 to 2022, first part of 2022. So, yeah, it's, it's, it slowed down, but it's honestly starting to pick back up. I mean, it's amazing since interest rates have started to drop just slightly. Yeah, we're um, still talking six and a half. Still talking six and a half, but, I mean, really... Historically, that, that's still pretty low. That's Yeah, exactly. And no one's ever going to time anything perfectly. I mean, there were some people that did. Some people that bought at the perfect time and sold at the perfect time. 2021 had two and a half interest rate and then also caught that interest rate prior to that significant appreciation. Those people killed it. Well, and they timed it. They timed it perfectly. Yeah. Well, it's my opinion. Interest rates should not be that low. That's that's too low to borrow money. Yeah. It's damn near free. Yeah. And when you flood the market with low interest to, it was free money, man. Borderline yeah. free money. That's not. I don't think good for the overall economy or the market. It's unsustainable. And so what that so, what about that's led all that purchase power from two and a half years ago, three mm -hmm. years ago, that's led to, or correct me if I'm wrong, the, the, the explosion of, of the pricing. Has it not? It was. Um, I mean, what else would, what else too on top is go to your thought, but, and what else has made this, these prices go so astronomically high? Well, that, that was it. That's, that was that's, it. That is all of it. Basically. And um, in Chattanooga, we have probably one of the most desirable cities in the U.S. to be. I mean, it, it, that sounds crazy, but that's oh, I that that is it. legitimate. And it starts with um, there's a couple factors. Starts number one, obviously, no state income tax. Number two, it's the scenic city. You have anything you could ever want to do from an outdoor perspective within 45 minutes of downtown Chattanooga. This third one, it's going to sound crazy, but our fast internet. We had people from all over the country, especially the whole work-from-home environment, that started with no state income tax and then um, found Chattanooga because of the beauty and the fast internet. Because um, not all the techies are going to be taking advantage of you know, those outdoors or anything. Yeah, they they want that, they're here for the faster internet and the low tax rate. Yeah. You gave me some numbers from Chattanooga, Knoxville, and Nashville here. Does this not, this just seems out of balance to me, though. I mean, how can we sustain some of these prices? The median household income in Chattanooga, I'm surprised it's as high as it says, 57.7, with a median property value at 230. I look at Knoxville. Their median household income is at forty eight three, with pro median property value at one eighty four, one hundred eighty four thousand. 
we're that much higher than Knoxville, and both those ratios to me seem very difficult to sustain. A family actually making that kind of money and living in the kind of house and the kind of prices that we're seeing. Does this not concern you long term for let's talk all the want, especially the wannabes? And some of the wannabes are, are going to be rock stars in this, and some of them are going to flame out. Yeah, uh, probably the statistic that is shocking to me the most is that, uh, that probably that 20% of our population and the growth is 25 to 34. So well, that might lead to the tech thing you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, okay. When I had graduated from University of Alabama in 2011, Chattanooga wasn't a place that young people wanted to go. All my friends, um, a lot of them ended up in Atlanta. Some of them in Birmingham, Nashville, no one. I couldn't, have paid one of my friends $100,000 to move to Chattanooga at that point. So about that time is when I moved out to San Diego with Matt and lived. Matt's uh, his brother. Yeah. He was in law school out there, and I lived in the kitchen. Um, That's where my bed was where a kitchen table would go. And I used the oven. I used the oven as my alarm clock, so I could I could wake up and look at the oven, and that's how I saw what time it was in the morning. And I had a curtain. This is another clip that I'll maybe I'll, I'll insert and post a Mitch Hedberg joke. Uh, I think it's up to me how many how many bedrooms are in this house. Yeah. you real estate lady, this bedroom this bedroom's got an oven in it. I, this bedroom's in that other guy's house. <laughs> But I, I, so I did. You're I did. the living, breathing example of a Mitch Hedberg. Job. Hey, it was a one bedroom, two full bath, with uh, yeah. I used curtains and and then used the oven as my alarm clock. So <laughs> I did have my own bathroom. So that was pretty nice. So anyway, you were saying you were living there and you were uh, uh, where were you head with that for? Well, I yeah, you was, the, yeah. Dummy, sorry, my bad. Joke. But uh, when I when I started, to, Matt finished law school. And I thought about staying out there, and I was selling selling med- medical imaging equipment. So you were just figuring life out. Figuring at that point. life out, young guy. Figuring. I took a little detour for BroBible.com and was did some sponsorship from that. BroBible.com. Oh yeah, oh yeah, man. I was, Jesus, this yeah. is not uh, Joe Rogan. We're not doing this. For, <laughs> we're not doing this for three hours. Right. I don't know that I can get into BroBible.com. <laughs> You don't want to. This whole big, I know big, I don't. big ten sponsorship <laughs> thing. It was cool though. I got to go to all those stadiums. Anyhow, right. when Matt finished law school, I was legitimately excited about coming back to Chattanooga, and you could see what was starting to happen on the south side and uh, kind of the the growth of downtown Chattanooga. Well, and and interest rates at that time were actually pretty low them in themselves at that time for a different. For whatever different reason. I know because I refinanced in 2011 for 3.375. That's okay. where I'm sitting right now. Um, and then for a few, then like five years later, six, seven, eight years later, I had like people looked at me like, holy geez, dude, that's way too high. And now, you know, I'm I'm half of what is what is out there. When I first purchased in 2007, I was more like six and a half. When our parents purchased in the 80s and 70s, it was 19 to 26%. Yeah. 
So going back to the right now, we are still at a a very close to low that's, level. That's hard to imagine. Historic nineteen and a half percent or whatever it was. I don't know if that's exact, yeah, was, but like way higher, way double digit with thirty percent down. You know, no questions asked kind of stuff. Anyway, I jumped off of where you're doing. So you get back to town, you start looking around, yeah. and you realize. Well, first of all, your mom's been doing this forever, so that's you know that they're, they're, the the template is there. Yeah, you do some work in uh, construction and all that, and you go uh, with with uh, Dexter White and all that, and then you. Yeah, and that I, I gained invaluable invaluable experience with like kind of the luxury home market, but also kind of establishing myself as I don't having that background knowledge has helped me tremendously in my career as well, um, knowing how to build a home and what it takes and costs associated with it. But uh, there's a couple things that kind of were the catalysts for the growth of Chattanooga. I'd say, obviously, the first one was the aquarium, Jack's Fishbowl, right? Sure. Yeah. And then beyond that, yeah, beyond that, you had kind of the revitalization of the North Shore, um, which, you know, I guess, what, uh, 10 years ago, that used to be a pretty happening area with all, you had Divorce Shore over there. and <laughs> North Shore. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I forget the name of that place, those pool tables up there, Hill City. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 And um, Mud Pie was still going. Yeah. And then after that, you had the West and the West Village. Um, that kind of took off. And, you know, that changed that whole, that was a pretty rough little area over there up until that happened. And then, of course, you had the explosion of the south side, which when I had moved back, Matt and I had spent, my brother, had spent a night riding bikes um, around the south side. It might have been just as, I don't know, you had Flying Squirrel and maybe Aaliyah at that time. Yeah, but Track you did, 29 was open back you, behind the choo-choo. You didn't really have much. And, and what it's become over there is just such a... Um, energizing area even for young people i mean and granted probably a lot of this growth of this 20 percent or the amount of entry-level jobs whether it be logistics which you and i both know a lot of people or in the logistics you, yeah, and industry. i talk about that a lot on the show yeah. it's it's massive um that was going to be kind of a question i had and that's part of the answer which is the only part of the answer i knew where are all the people making the money to afford this kind of living? And I, we just answered part of it. Yeah. You had, you had, you have, um, insurance industry, Unum, Blue Cross, entry, a lot of entry level jobs. I think that's what's prompting a lot of this younger person growth. Well, and people possibly wanting to get further away from, Atlanta and now even Nashville. Um, I know the music community has had a lot of people come from Nashville because they're tired of. I mean, they're they're experiencing the same thing. We're all experiencing the same stuff in 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 cities that matter. Yeah. In in this country, I I am constantly touring people from Nashville, Atlanta. I currently have two people from Atlanta that are looking to make Chattanooga home and. This is often something I will say to people is, you know, Chattanooga has everything a bigger city has without a lot of the negative things. And I would say the two things that we lack that a bigger city doesn't have are high-end shopping and a pro sports team. 
And other than that, we've got a lot of good stuff happening here. Yeah, and we're not far from those things if you want them. Mm-hmm. Which has always been the case. You know, it's not that like some of these things are not new. I guess they're just being discovered in a lot of ways. Yeah, we're we're not a secret anymore. And I, Which I, sucks, because I like this being a little bit of a secret. Yeah, but I, <laughs> I was touring um, a couple out of Virginia last week, and I, I would say that that growth hasn't been so rapid that we've lost our identity. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, from a development side, which you're not in anymore, but you're close to it, and I'm I'm guessing it at some turns it goes hand in hand a little bit. You said you're on some uh, zoning boards, yeah, and you've run into some issues here and there with with that with the city. What what are those uh, issues with with zoning? Because I'm 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 always very fascinated with zoning. What is and isn't allowed. What isn't isn't. Um, I guess that's just the most simplistic way I can put it. Uh, how much you can be handcuffed by by codes, by by the the laws, for lack of a better way of putting it. What, what have you seen there, and from being on that board? Well, um, so I'm on I'm on two city boards. I'm on the board of construction appeals, and also the board of zoning appeals. Um, board of construction appeals mainly deals with actually like fire safety and variances granted with the fire code in commercial properties um which is old budro hanging out on my left shoulder there um and uh board of zoning appeals is mainly uh just helps with the constituents if they i mean it's it can be as simple as adding a covered porch on the back of your house or it could be you know a big development trying to maximize the number of units with parking spaces with landscaping codes and it can get kind of complicated but uh no i hadn't run into too many problems just uh observed you know uh with the amount of development happening in downtown chattanooga um I'd say our land development office is challenged with the backlog of development due to probably understaffing, and um, and that's and that's hindering who and how. That's that's hindering uh, efficiency um, in in just overall development. Overall development. Yeah, um, so it's, that, it's 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 slowing things down. Yeah, slow slowing things down. Um, also, too, you know, I you know I don't know the complexities of staffing uh, the land development office, but you know I've noticed uh, a couple people retiring, leaving for other jobs. So you know, there's been with this great explosion in development. There's been uh, turnover in the land development office, which also which also has like caused, I guess, maybe lack of experience with new hires and people moving into different positions. So, not necessarily uh, frustrations, just an observation, I'd say. So, are you part of uh, like being a part of this board? 
do people come to you as part of a, are you like an arbiter like this of uh, making decisions on votes on things yes. about, about so this, well, the way I, the, the the framework of this question would come from like does like parking fall into this like how many parking spaces a, a new development must have and that because that's been the biggest thing recently here is pedestrian parking transit public transit all these different things and there's so many people who are in the public transit bike walk crawl to work yeah. uh take a scooter ride a goddamn skateboard whatever who are like well, too much parking we waste too much time with parking and i'm like no i don't think there's enough parking yeah are those the kind, do you deal with things like that uh yeah it's all encompassing uh traffic is they sit on the board i mean it it goes into i mean you're supposed to have so many bushes or, you know, there's all different parts. And Miss Levitt, she's awesome. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's so all, it's it all very in, particular. It's, it gets all encompassing. And basically what we do is we hear each individual case. And based on the merits, we're there to grant variances from the code. And there are a lot of some, – some of the codes aren't necessarily um, in tune with – chattanooga's um type of development because some some of them are statewide and so we have to adhere to those so so do you sit in like what would look like a city council meeting kind yeah of thing? it's exactly i mean board of zoning appeals it is slammed board of construction appeals pretty straightforward they meet once a week once a month once a month i mean sometimes we'll sit in this board of zoning appeals for Five six hours. Oh, I mean, I know the yeah. city council. Can I do mean, that. it I know, is. I know full. the beer and record. The beer and record board can yeah. do that. Sort and, of thing. and part of it is you might have someone. You might have a whole fleet of people who are opposing something. So sometimes there's people with pitchforks in there trying yeah, to make sure it doesn't happen. When we hear about, uh, or when I hear about affordable housing, I always roll my eyes because I don't know what it means. What can the mayor do about affordable housing? What can the governor do? What can the city council do? What is affordable housing? Is it a buzzword that doesn't mean much? Well, what, 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 your thoughts on just the, I'm talking about the terminology of it, not necessarily, I know what the word affordable means, yeah. and I know what the word house means, right? Like, I, well, I don't need it defined in that simplistic of a way, but I roll my eyes at it. What it because I don't understand it. Well, I, I can tell you one thing the city's done in regards to that is air they tried to I guess limit Airbnb. Well that's on my list here. We can go and go there now because that's another industry that has taken off, especially I would say right because of the uh, low rates. Yeah. And people saw this, you know, this opportunity mm -hmm. for uh um Lodging in a different way, which many yep. of us have used many times. I have already grown out of love with it. Give me a hotel room every day. I don't want to stay at your damn house. I yep. want to stay at a hotel. I like the idea when it was new and fun. What 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 are the city's reasons for trying to limit it? Well, um, you know, I guess I, I, that's go, what I, doing, can, right? I can go back to affordable housing. Let's start um, there. Well, definitely an issue. Uh, the challenge is um, kind of if you look at the statistics of you know, what it costs for um, your average priced home and what you have to make in order to buy that home. So affordable housing, uh, I think, almost has to encompass rentals, too, because it's just not feasible. 30% of your of your take home is what you generally hear thrown around is what you yeah. go to, to go to your housing. That is a um, that is not a very large number to me, but 
if you take that number and apply it to my income, mm-hmm. now it's a big number. Oh, yeah. You know, 30%, you don't think, ah, it's not that. No, but take that out of your income and you're in these median numbers I just threw around at 57 and 47 and, and 60, 30% of that. Um, that's that, that's fair. First of all, I think that's a fair number. But these, these I, I find a, a property worth having in a decent neighborhood for less than 250 these days. Yeah, that I mean, it's just a super complex issue. And what can and be done? And if you know the answer to it, <laughs> no. then you're going to be the next Bill Gates. So. <laughs> I don't. But what what does in your just throwaway opinion, if, if or very ironclad, uh, uh, hear me roar opinion, can can administration of a city, can a mayor, Mayor Tim Kelly, or a, or of a of a county, Weston Womp. Or, of, or, or any elected official, what can they do to help the affordable housing crisis, as it's often put? What, what policies well, help that? Well, I think this is... I think this, the answer's none, but go ahead. Well, I think there are a couple things that, that probably need to be done. There needs to be better education with um, lower income in regards to getting their credit in order, better education as, as to how you're going to get that first home, how you can obtain it. So it's a generational problem. I, yeah, I think it's an educational problem. There need if, there could be big strides. I mean, I, I can't tell you with how many when I'm working with first-time home buyers, and really this goes not even lower income. People have no idea. When it comes to purchasing a home, so what goes into it? They don't even know, you know, okay, what's an appraisal? And then I have to go into like explaining, okay, well, not contingent on appraisal doesn't mean this. So I think it's just more, if there could be more funding for education, I, and I think honestly, it should start. Well, that's y- what Weston the county mayor, is wanting to do, and He's I give, I give him it. credit for okay, that. Okay, that, that's a, I was unaware of that. But that I would give him be a lot a, of credit for that. I mean, it, Kids, I feel like if they could start programs in high school, once you're starting, because a lot of people aren't going to go to college, so maybe readying them for the real world once they graduate, more more things that they can actually use. Um, well, the 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 world needs ditch diggers too. Thing is always going to be you know something to throw around flippantly that is totally somewhat reality to the life. Ditch diggers buy homes, so I, why they could buy homes? My, so yeah, but my I guess my point being is that making a, a high above these median numbers is not as simple as just getting more education. It needs to be the right education. It needs to be you know that. That's a fundamental, you know, discussion that we probably don't overall have the time to get into. But when I, you know, to go back on when I was, you know, trying to make a joke earlier and was going to do it more so on the show before about, you know, making fun of these what seems sim- simplistic to me. Like you just, you just said it. One of them was like to uh, help them with the appraisal process. I'm like, who doesn't know what an appraisal is? No. Well, but let me, before you go, when I first bought the home you're sitting in right now, which I am lucky as anybody's been lucky in their life that I'd still own this and didn't, didn't wasn't foreclosed on because of terrible financial decisions I made in my mid twenties. I was 27 years old. You think 27 years old seemed pretty old, right? I didn't know a damn thing. 
I didn't know anything. That was lack of education. That wasn't lack of my brain didn't work. Mm-hmm. And that's I think that's where I when I said I believe based on what you what you were saying with education. Yeah, it's great. You can sit down and say, all right, listen, son, here's what you do. You know, it's a little more complicated than that. Generationally, you got this is stuff that needs to be taught when you're 17, when you're not, when you're 16, when you're 21. Not that you listen when you're 21, but I mean, I was having very similar questions that I've just made fun of on that list when I was 27. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not proud to say that, yeah, but that's the truth. So I, I'm, I don't doubt at all that you run into it, and that's where I shouldn't make fun of everybody. But you know, file your your papers in the cabinet i am gonna make fun of you yeah (laughs) hey and we deserve that but uh yeah you know maybe about the same time you start saving for a car maybe it's if we could have some type of programs that are like okay well this is could be how you could buy a home and this is likely what you'll need if you could kind of teach those things about that same time so people can start planning for it so it's not like you get to 27 and you're like Oh my God. Okay. What do I do? What's this? I don't understand. You know, who do I call? Well, they were it's... giving loans to anybody in 2007. Oh, that's true. But <laughs> they were giving maybe them... too many loans. They were... You're damn right. Too many <laughs> loans. Uh, I was part of that, uh, that, that crisis in 2008. Luckily again, I, because of luck and a little bit of hard work, but more luck, I survived that wave of uh, a really detrimental time in, in real estate, you know, American history. And we came out of it big time. And I'm wondering, do you feel that there's a chance that this is we're bubbling too hard and we could run into not the same. That was a subprime thing that was a little different um, than we're looking at today. That wasn't necessarily that the prices were too high. That was we were giving loans to people who couldn't couldn't pay them back. And we're still doing that, but not as there's been restrictions on that. Do you see the housing prices becoming some kind of bubble that negatively impacts not just the industry, but the affordable housing crisis itself and the people who are trying just to have a place to freaking live. Well, I think there's two parts to that. I think uh first part would be, no, I think it, every, I think what's the steps have been taken by the government um, have, have really um, helped the ridiculous appreciation that was happening. And then, uh, you mean somewhat recently with, yeah, with, with interest yeah, rates it's, and it's, cooling of the, it the, stalled the- it. It's all stalled it basically perfectly, uh, in my mind. And it's kind of bringing it back to actually a sustainable level. And I think we're, it's actually, uh, you know, it was maybe a time where in early 2023, where it was maybe still, you have realtors that are pricing homes with um, that ridiculous appreciation. And then you'd hear people, oh, home prices are falling. Well, not necessarily. They, I believe they were stalling. I'd say it was a stall. And and just kind of um, keeping even kill a little bit and just cruising I mean, almost does that, a little does bit. It, does that not sound okay? I mean, do, do we always have to be appreciated? I mean, is, is the is the industry not looked at from insiders, from people who are in it, mm-hmm. from development to realty to 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 city officials? If it's not constantly appreciating, is that is that a bad thing? 
Why can't? Um, why doesn't stall out and be like, "Hey, this is how much housing costs right now, and it's not going to go up," uh, and that's okay. Well, um, yeah, it's okay. Um, you hope that when you invest in your home, and we always say, you know, don't buy a home to make money. Don't look at it as, as as don't look at it as this is your next lottery ticket. Although, you know, well, that was a that was a thing people did in the eighties. Yeah, and for 90s. sure. I view purchasing real estate as an appreciable asset, and and I like to look at it that way. But I think if you're buying your home, you shouldn't necessarily feel that way. You should just be buying where you feel comfortable and hope you get your money back, which may you know not be what everyone wants to hear. But I believe in it, and I believe that it's going to continue to appreciate. Now, to go back from the second point of that. I would say that the city we live in is a very, very appreciable city. It is very, very desirable. And, uh, you know, kind of that printout I had given you, yeah. Southern Living had recently note, chosen Chattanooga as the best city in the South to retire. Outside Magazine's named us top city in the U.S. twice. And then I meant to touch on this a little bit earlier, but... I think those Ironman competitions, they have brought us a lot of exposure from all over the country. And all these people who are just whatever, in whatever place in life, all over the country, I'm going to do this Ironman. Then they get here and they're like, oh my God, this city is awesome. This is incredible. This is beautiful. What do you mean? We can buy a million dollar house. We're in the middle of downtown. Yeah. Like, uh, we, and we have a view. It's like this is place is rock and roll. Well, and I I've heard that from a lot of different people really my whole life. I mean the the secret's been getting out slowly, and it's getting out quicker now because of trades and because of social and because of just the fast you know moving everything, and and yeah I mean I. I, I, I jokingly was like, can we, you know, get shut up, you know, start whispering. I don't want him to hear. I mean, I don't, I mean that and I don't mean that. I'm very, uh, I'm good. Like, I'm, I'm uh, solidified. I'm established. You know, I've got what I need. Things work for me. The dollars and cents work, you know, and that's great. That's great for me. And I know a lot of people that that's also true for them. Um, but I also know a lot of people who are struggling terribly. And and just covering rent, and and these are people that blend in. We're, we're we'll all be in the same spot, you know. We'll all be doing the same thing, and we all might even kind of look alike, but we're not nearly all in the same position. Clearly, obviously, that's just life. That's everywhere. That's the whole world. And I just wonder what how how long can this maintain? Because rents are going up and up and up. Um, one thing I did want to mention earlier that I forgot to, I was watching the, uh, on CNBC an explosion, uh, I don't remember what the show's called, but the explosion of Nashville. It's like spotlight on cities or whatever. And one of the people they were talking to was like, well, when people want to complain or get mad about how much things are costing, well, they're not also realizing how much this stuff costs to build. It's not cheap to build a house, especially a nice one. And and they were laying out numbers, and, and it was like, so really... The margins aren't that big, not nearly as big as a lot of us think they are. And so I guess that just brought me back to, you know, again, affordable housing. What does it mean? And, and how, how do we maintain 
Like, I mean, even here in East Ridge, you know, which has come a long way. And there's a lot of, it's a, it's a, it's a great little red ass town, you know, <laughs> with a bunch of good old to, boys. It used to be the Stridge, man. The, it used to be a lot of things that it's not. And it's still some of the things that it always has been. But prices are, are, are jumping here. The rest, why I'm here. I, I didn't yeah. want to pay to live downtown. But the tunnels are right through right through my my backyard, and I can be downtown in two minutes. But even living out here is becoming a problem. And if to me, if you're having trouble living in East Ridge, you're having trouble. Well, Maybe that's an individual basis thing we can't tackle in an hour long podcast. Well, I'd say, uh, man, East Ridge is basically, in my opinion, it's the new Red Bank. So Red Bank kind of saw enormous appreciation, and now those young professionals starting their careers. If they want a home that's closer to two hundred thousand, this is an excellent place for it. Okay, real quickly, East Ridge used to be one of the mo- more premium places in Chattanooga to live, right? And then it saw a, a time of decline. Are you going thirty years ago? Yeah, thirty, forty years ago. 30, okay, but yeah. what you have is you have a lot of very well constructed ranchers, nice homes over here. Built We're, in 1955. When yeah, they're, they're well. quality, you know, block foundations and what have you. So it, it still allows for close proximity, you know, to downtown. But, you know, that's just like downtown Chattanooga. It's like we were a massive city way back when, let's say, you know, 1800s, 1900s, when the Chattanooga Choo Choo yeah, was well, we what were, it was. And to access the whole South, you had to come here. And so we had this. It, it, it goes to Civil War days. Yeah. You, so to access the and whole South, you had to come here and then go out. Yeah. And so we have this very large downtown with all these historic buildings. And then we saw a long period of decline. But we have the infrastructure for a really cool culturally um downtown where you know these businesses can revitalize these old buildings and there there's a lot of them and we've got a big footprint and we've got a really comfortable downtown it's not like going to Asheville or knoxville where it's it's just not as comfortable it's not i don't like yeah at all but especially you know it's just like we have a great thing going and it's all on the river and I mean, I just I couldn't be more passionate about it. No, and I know, and I and I I can tell by the way you're talking. I also already knew that anyway. And plus, me too, man. I mean, I do a a podcast that does nothing but talk about this place, mm-hmm. right? Like I wouldn't do it if I didn't. If I did, I'm t- completely passionate about mm-hmm. this community, the community more than the city on a map. And but you know, those are the, those go together. Right? You know what's funny about that is. How many people, when I'm touring, and I, you know, a lot of times I'm selling Chattanooga as much as I'm selling homes. So I, we may be working with different groups or, you know, uh, out of different employers that are putting their potential hires with us, and I'm touring them around Chattanooga to get them to buy into the city. Well, because you do a lot of relocation kind yeah. of stuff. And I only know that because I read it in one of the trades. I, on, Whatever it is, uh, one of the glossies you pick up, and and I and I I I didn't know from you or talking to your mom or your brother or you that that you that you do specialize also in a lot of relocation. So yeah, well I wouldn't even say it's relocation. It's I'm sometimes we have specific employers we work with, and they're wanting to hire, you know, high level people, 
and we have to sell them on the city before they even, you know, they're like, oh, well, you know, they're trying to hire me. I'm, I don't know. We'll go check out Chattanooga. And then I get here and they are energized about it. And I, yeah, it's, it's, it's a fun thing to see. And another thing, real quick thought, yeah, is how often those people talk about the people here and how much they like the, the people here. Like you're going to get down there and, everybody's so nice and you know everybody it's just a great place to live well we got our fair share of assholes too let's not be uh, hey hey i'm looking at one right now (laughs) let's not shortchange uh uh, us on that but yeah i mean i agree on on all that uh a hundred percent and i just you know i don't know what with when it comes to the economy on all things there are just sometimes you know america's a go 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 place bigger is always better place and I just sometimes think, you know, bigger's not always better. More is not always better. But right now it feels like it is in Chattanooga. And it is, I mean, these houses are selling. So clearly any questions I have are answered by look at the market. I mean, VW continues to expand. Um, big expansions this year. Pay increases. Um, I wonder what EPB's just got the new extension of the get you know so what quantum networking whatever i was trying to explain that on a tour i was like actually i don't know what the hell it means (laughs) (laughs) i mean whatever i still have whatever came out in 2011 and it's blows my head off so um yeah i can't don't even get me into tech talk because i can't do it but i know that it's huge and clearly it's working so um let's shift real quick to this to McVeigh, McVeigh, McVeigh. What's his name? McVeigh. Alex McVeigh, the man, the man. The um, he's running for uh, uh, he's in circuit court now, running for general sessions. Is that right? Uh, or is he in general it's, sessions? He's running for circuit. Yes, yeah, got it backwards. You're firmly behind, uh, Mr. McVeigh. Yeah. Um, Tell me why. And oh you're not the only God. one. I know a lot of people who are. Well, um, so I'll just get a little background, on Alex. Um, he was young guy young guy so there was a judge that got sick and um never returned and so alex had to fill those shoes temporarily well once that judge wasn't coming back he got the job permanently he was appointed by governor haslam so currently he's sessions court judge and has has the experience but I think beyond that, uh, the temperament and the person he is, uh, is, is perfect for the role because, you know, I I went to, um, one of his events and, you know, one of the things that struck me was he had said, you know, you don't, you don't want a judge that may wake up on the wrong side of the bed one morning and, and, you, you know, make a ruling because I don't know, you know, if you ever had a speeding ticket or whatever, you ever been in front of a judge where you're like, I don't, you know, and I'm not sure if they're really listening to all these facts or, you know, they're just kind of making a determination. He's, I got a lot of commentary on judges and attorneys. I'm yeah. going to save for myself or another day, <laughs> but go ahead. Yes. But uh, beyond that, he's, he's just a, he's just a great guy. Um, one of the things he's done is I know his life was impacted by uh, 
um, family possibly with um, addiction issues. And, and he's got so the recovery court, right? He started recovery court. Which and, is huge. And Boyd Patterson, I believe, is part of that, too. Which yeah, is, I, I, I believe so. I think that's right. I've, and, I've known Boyd for a while. And a lot also of the, a judge in town. A lot of the people involved with that are volunteers. So that that's just a service that our city's getting out of um, the kindness of think of good Chattanoogans. Another uh, program he started is helping people trans uh, transition, I guess, out of evictions and not making them homeless. And so, you know, with the court he was in, in Sessions Court, he dealt with a lot of evictions. And now he started a program that helps people not be homeless. And, you know, a guy that starts that kind of thing shows conviction for our city and well, i just it kind, think it kind of goes to what i was just talking about with rent and people yeah. who can't afford i mean yeah are struggling i mean some of my best friends have all the money in the world and some of my best friends have none yeah and i'm somewhere in the middle you know and yeah. so like i get it i understand poverty and i understand struggle i've been there more than a couple of times um i understand extreme wealth i understand not having to worry about anything that I don't, I'm not going to start making up numbers, but a large percentage of the country and certainly the whole world have to deal with on a daily basis. So that's huge. That's strong. That's a, that's an, I mean, that's, that's, that's big time. I don't know what it means exactly as far as, you know, with the evictions and helping, I don't know what that means, but any help. Yeah. Can it just conviction for our city? You know, that's, that's what I appreciate. I read uh, August, of next year is that election? Is it that far away? No, I don't believe so. But it's I next. It's coming. I, this I think year it's twenty four. First quarter, second quarter of twenty four. Ah, March. You, you need to get him on here. March. You need to get him on here. I talked to him I, for sure. I mean, I I know plenty of people who are are fans. You know, yeah. it's not just it's not just people I know that got you know. I question question for your brother why an attorney wants to get involved in all this. I. I wonder what the answers to those are, but I know people who are that close, and I know people who aren't anywhere near close to it, who are supporters, who go hang signs, who post it on their stories, yeah. on social. I see it all the time. Well, I'll tell you this. If you ask his peers, he seems to be the guy. I, I'm i just... Do we know, know, who's he running against? I don't even know. Um, it's, it's Michelle Kaufman, and, you know, I, I don't... I don't. Coffee. Yeah, do I know that? And I believe she works for uh, uh, Grant Convalinka, and feels like uh, you I know, might know Michelle. Yeah, and um, actually, her, uh, you know, I, you know, has some acquaintance. I don't. I'm not all that familiar with her, and she seems to be, um, you know, a solid person. Um, I guess Alex just has the current experience as a judge. I know him, and um, I appreciate the programs he started for the city. I just think that shows conviction for a judge. And he, another thing he had said was, you know, I guess if you wake up, a judge wakes up on the wrong side of the bed, that's not the judge you deserve. You know, you deserve someone who's going to wake up the same day, come to work, and judge everyone fairly. Well, I, I, I naively have always wondered how politics got ever not – let, let, take the last – Recent past six, seven years, take that out, throw it in the garbage, pretend like it's not a thing. Even before that, I've always wondered how politics gets so mixed in to law 
because to me it feels like they they should be com- so separate, mm-hmm. but in some ways they can't be mm-hmm. because I don't know why. I, I it's, it's a it's a, perpe- a perplexing issue to me, and so I actually when I see he's he's right he's a Repu- he's running as a Republican. When as soon as I saw that, I was like, "Why is a judge a partisan race to begin with? Our yeah. may, our city mayor isn't a partisan race. Why is a judge a partisan?" You know, race? that's that's, that's a, not a question for you. I don't guess. No, that's a great question, but I can tell you this: that no one's running against him on the Democratic side. So whether you're a Democrat or a Republican, these are your two options for this race. Yeah, two people and, and running fine. on the Republican side. But, but that was side. my greater point and greater question. Just is why. Is it partisan? Like yeah. some are, some are not. And some sheriffs, se- some sheriffs run on in partisan races. Some don't. Some judges do. Some don't. I, that's just a greater why. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not asking you the question as much as like it just seems like it, it convolutes things a little bit. Hey, we stay up late enough. We'll figure it out, man. <laughs> we'll, get a, we'll, we'll get a game plan together. I don't here. drink anymore, man. I can't. I can't <laughs> think that deeply. Uh, uh, late night, anyway. <laughs> Or at least maybe I can think better. I don't know. Uh, we'll wrap things up here shortly and definitely get to anything that you um, that we left out because I know I'm sure we left something out. But I do want to ask you about the new bar. Speaking of drinking, um, that you're investing in with uh, others, your brother Matt, who's a, who is an attorney here in town, who eventually will be on the show, I would guess, at some point uh, before uh, my life is over. But the new place is uh, downtown, uh, closer to the. Um, to the riverside it's the old raw the old raw the old if you want to go if you're yeah super, let's run through it here su- if you're super old school it's the old fat wraps okay it's, yeah i heard that it's the old attic okay uh, my favorite bar when i was turning 21 years old at the turn of the century was the attic and then it got turned into jim striker i hated you at the time jim love you now uh jim striker turned it into raw yeah and i hated his guts for ruining my bar (laughs) and turning it into a dance party that thing didn't last all that long well no actually it did it lasted a little while it's been gone gone for a while now and then it's been an axe throwing joint yeah which has that this is just a, a throwaway conversation as if we were at the bar has that fad run its course uh, you know i'm not sure that it has what what in what world is it a good idea it, for people to drink and sling axes all over the place <laughs> well you know I, I was surprising to me to for us to have two axe throwing places okay, in well town, clearly but... <laughs> it ain't working that well because that one's gone and that's the new uh, that's the new building that you're going to yep. be. So surely you're familiar with one of those old places. Yeah, and the new place is uh, home. Your home. Yeah. So you ever might might be late. Where are you heading? I'm heading home. <laughs> there you go. See, that's I, that's your actually, alibi right there. I'm actually going home myself. <laughs> um, what what kind of vibe are you looking for? What kind of what kind of uh, aesthetic are we uh, are we looking here? You know, it's just kind of a a classy bar that stays open late. For um, maybe you know, n- not the twenty-one crowd. So so you, middle thirty uh, somethings ish, yeah, late late twenty. Twenty-one crowd definitely welcome, but you know we'll probably have elevated cocktails. Um, we I, I read this somewhere on a bar in New Orleans, a lingerie. A lingerie sounds like lingerie. I but like lingerie. That. No, I like that word. Yeah, lingerie. Yeah. So not not a dance element, um, or there is, there, it'll or be could up, be depending. It could be, and uh, yeah, there's full definitely menu, 
full menu. Uh, we got solid kitchen, and shout out to uh, Malik and Matt Surface. I was gonna uh, say our buddy Matt doing yeah, the a lot he of helped the, Malik, the culinary uh, touches. Him and Malik together have kind of come up with the menu, and um, should be should be really really solid. And so you think, um, maybe kind of big city style, classy cocktails. Yeah, I think of it kind of um, like. A, and maybe I don't mean to mischaracterize it. No, but. I'd say if like you're gonna qualify it uh, closest to something in town, it would be like a mix of um, no hard feelings, London collar. Um, or is it London collar? Calling London calling. Um, it's called something else now, isn't it? Yeah, they did change it because they had some legal issues. I think it's like the name of like five unknown caller. Unknown caller. That's right. It. Yeah, London Calling. Who would have yeah. thought that would have copyright infringement? It's only the <laughs> Clash's album. Yeah, um, that maybe with uh, more of um, an opportunity for like a dance floor and seven days a week. Yeah, and you know maybe a bigger menu than both of those because i don't i'm not even sure if either one of those has food but we'll have a full menu is it an upstairs downstairs setup or is it well i think the upstairs still being worked on um probably probably looking on that but we're starting with the main level for sure but it's that whole space is yours to do what you want with it yeah and it's starting to look real real sharp right now when are you looking to get this thing officially open hopefully mid-february and it's i think we're trending that way all right Home, you're home. Hey, where you going? Heading home. There you go. (laughs) What else you want anybody to know, man? As we wrap up, thanks again for uh, stopping by the house. I don't normally invite anybody. I don't want them to find the people chained in the basement that I always get joked about having. Or the I I have two requests. (laughs) I'd like to make the wall of fame. Okay, I'd have a I have a wall with a bunch of pictures on it, and uh, okay, well, we'll have to do that. uh, Can we hear a word from our sponsors again? Oh, you want to hear? A word from the sponsor, Lee Brock and Lee and Bros, uh, Brock and Bros, Linda and Linda and Sons. Today's show is brought to you by Lee Brock. Well, now you know it may come as a surprise, but I absolutely love realtors. They make the world go round in property transactions. It's the straw that stirs the drain. Now you don't have to have that straw, not technically. But technically, you could drive your car with your feet. But what kind of sense would that make? Not a very good idea. For an expert, call Lee Brock for all your real estate needs. Amen. Thanks for having me, Brian. <laughs> all right, man. appreciate it. Thank you, Lee. He joined me at the home, my studio that is now put back together out here in East Ridge. So thank you so much for finding the show. If you're new here, do this every Wednesday into the new year. And, yeah, I'm a recovering alcoholic headed off to a all-inclusive resort in Cancun doesn't seem like the best idea and now I'm sick as a dog oh Jesus it'll be fine it'll be fine everything's gonna be fine have a great holiday we'll talk to you in the next